part five now of our study of chapter two, verses 14 to 18. The aim will be to look at the second purpose of living without grumbling or disputing, do all things without grumbling or disputing. The first purpose was right here in verse 15. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And that word that there signifies that it's purpose of this. Live this way so that you may shine. And then we saw that holding fast the word of life was the way you do that. If you want to live a life free from grumbling, don't let go of the precious promise of life in the word of the gospel and all of its implications for you. And now we focus on this so that, which flows from this, if you walk without grumbling and shine as lights by holding fast the word of life, this will be the effect. This is the goal you should have along with this one. So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So that, and then there are three things I want us to focus on. The day of Christ. This is something he wants to be true at the day of Christ. What is that? And what does it mean that Paul did not hopes he will not have run in vain or labor in vain. And what is this, this pride or this boast that he's talking about? So, Father, show us now, I pray, so that we can be motivated to live this way so that those who minister to us the Word of God, like Paul did to the Philippians, may in the day of Christ not have run in vain but may have a ground of exaltation and boasting. Teach us what that means, I pray, and motivate us by it. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take those one at a time. The first one, the day of Christ. So that in the day of Christ, we've seen this before, haven't we? Chapter 1, I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then in the prayer that follows, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So the day of Christ is that final day of his coming when we will all appear before the Lord, as it says over here in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The day is sometimes referred to as the judgment seat or the judgment as the day. The judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, which is explained a little more fully in 1 Corinthians 3.14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation of Christ survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through 
fire. So, back in 2.16, so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Looks to that final day of judgment when we will all stand before Christ and give an account of our lives, what we said and what we did. And Paul wants on that day now, secondly, not to have run in vain or labor in vain. There's a very close connection between this labor in vain, very close parallel over in Galatians 4, 9 to 11. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back? So this turning back is turning away from the gospel and the knowledge of God. Turn back to the weak and worthless elemental principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I have, I'm afraid that I have labored over you in vain. So the implication being laboring in vain would mean that those whom you're laboring to uh, bring the gospel and bring into faith and bring into obedience and bring into salvation are turning back to where they were before, away from the gospel. And Paul is so eager that this not happen in Philippi. I, I want it to be that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So hold fast, hold fast to the word of life so that I won't have run in vain. Now, here's the big question. Does that, does that right there imply that true believers can lose their salvation and Paul's work to build faith into their lives could come to naught because their faith is ruined? Well, we've already seen in this book, chapter 1, verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's not going to happen for true believers, which means, no, this is such an important point, that whenever you read something that sounds like a warning or a threat that you might believe in vain or he might labor in vain, you prove yourself to be a, a true believer, not a fake one, by taking these warnings seriously so that they become an instrument or a means of your own perseverance. You don't say in a glib way, oh, I'm secure. I don't have to pay any attention to this longing of Paul that he not run in vain by teaching me or that my pastor not have run in vain or my parents not have run in vain because they taught me the gospel. I don't need to worry about that. No, you take it seriously and you are vigilant not to run in vain or act in a way that would make them have run in vain. Which leads us now to our last thing. What, what does it mean that he may be proud, literally, that this, this uh, faithfulness of theirs, holding fast the word of life so that he will not have run in vain? What is this? literal unto a boast. You see it again over here in chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown. He calls them his crown. Their, their faith is going to be his joy and his crown at the last day when the Lord comes. Now, here's my question. 
does Paul receive a, a boast or can his pride be buttressed at the last day because he is the originator of his obedience? Or because he is the actor of his obedience? In other words, if you trace back Paul's obedience as far as it will go, is Paul the final and decisive originator of all the faithfulness, all this labor right here, so that indeed he can boast, that was mine. I did it. I originated it. And that's my pride and my boast. Or, if you trace it back, is Paul the actor of it and God behind it all? That's that's the question. And what makes me ask that question is because I remember over in Galatians 6.14, Paul saying, far be it from me to boast. This is the same root word. Far be it from me to boast or be proud, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus, by which the world has been crucified to me with all of its vain boasts and grounds of pride, and I to the world. So there is a profound sense in which Paul says, I am not going to boast in anything except the cross, which I think means, and all that the cross secured or purchased. And one of the things that the cross bought and secured was Paul's obedience. Or here's the way he says it in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. This is Paul's real obedience, real labor, that he doesn't want to be in vain. I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So, Paul's labor and Paul's obedience was not ultimately owing to him. So that's why I drew it the way I did here. Was he the originator of his obedience with himself at the very end? And 1 Corinthians 15 says, no. What was? The grace of God. There's sovereign grace back here. So Paul's obedience was owing to God's grace, and the Philippians' faith was. It has been granted to you, granted to you, that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe. So faith is a gift, but also suffer. And therefore, in 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for God is the one at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. Therefore, Paul's boast at the day of Christ will not be because he is the originator 
of his obedience or theirs, because he and they are joyful actors of obedience which God gives. So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud, that is, I may exult, it will be my boast, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Remember that word from Paul? And that boast will be the kind of boast because he has been granted the privilege of being an actor and God the decisive origin of his laboring not in vain. And therefore the motive is to the Philippians, hold fast the word of life. Be free from grumbling and disputing. Let your light shine in the world because you love Paul and you want on the day of Christ that he would be proud of you, exulting in the fact that he did not, by the grace of God, labor in vain.